Liam! Liam, wait! You heard Neville. I'm on leave. I'm going home. Just wait a minute. I'm going home, Holly. What do you need right now? What do I need? What do you think I need? I need to find whoever fucking did this. That's exactly what you can't do, Liam. Don't tell me what I can't do. Who are you going to find, hmm? We only know that he's tall and pale. If that's even accurate, if the same person even did this. We have minimal forensics, no witnesses. I get it, Grant. Go home, Liam, and let me find who did this. I can't do that and keep you from losing it on the first suspect we get our hands on. I wouldn't do that. You sure about that? Do you want to ride home? I can drive myself. I'll check in on you later today. Episode 6, Jane the Ripper, was written by Brittany Burke and voiced by Adam Bauer, S. Michael Clericus, Becky Coleman, Dave Goddard, Katie Higgins, Ian McGowan, Alexa Moore, Emily Roddenbeck, Jen Weinman, Daniel Williams, and Liz Zirkel. All music by Ian McGowan. Jane the Ripper is brought to you by Calamity Cast, produced by Ian McGowan and Daniel Williams, and co-created by Brittany Burke and Ian McGowan. And now, Jane the Ripper, Episode 6, Jane the Ripper. Grant, I need you in my office. Be right there, Chief. Now! I'm assigning Detective Harding here to the copycat case, Grant. I can handle this, Chief. I'm not taking you off the case, but in light of the latest developments, we need all the help we can get. It's not that I doubt your skills. I want to give you as much support as possible. We need to close this case and quickly. I want to help any way I can, Grant. I appreciate that, Joe, but I already know this case inside and out. We don't have time. Then you better get Harding up to speed quickly. Chief. Dismissed. Thank you, Chief. We're on it. Now, before you yell at me, you and I both know. You were fighting a losing battle in there. I can solve this case, Joe. I know. I'll follow your lead. I only made Detective a little over a year ahead of you, Holly. We both had some big cases. You solved that U.S. Ambassador's kidnapping case, right? Her 10-year-old kid? 12-year-old, but yeah. And barely. The kidnappers' demands were impossible. We had to find them before they had a chance to hurt the kid. I got there just in time. I heard you went in without backup. Uh, they were a few minutes behind me, so it wasn't the Hollywood drama I've heard it's made out to be. I thought that might have just been a rumor. Yeah, people like to talk. I never buy into the precinct's gossip. Ah, so you have heard about my last high-profile case. The only thing I heard that I believed was that you had that case locked down. Your instincts were right from the beginning. Lab tech cost the prosecution their serial rapist, not you. I know it's the smart call to help you and not get in your way. I wanted to tell you that Neville put me on the case. I wouldn't have broken it to you like he did. I appreciate that. Let's get you up to speed. Here's the case file, including what forensics has collected from the most recent victim. Her name was Wendy, right? She and Liam were serious? Yeah. Mike and I had dinner with her and Liam the night she was killed. I'm, I'm really sorry, Holly. 
I should probably get you my statement. I'm ready when you are. Mike and I got to the restaurant around 7 o'clock. Liam and Wendy were a little late, but only 10 minutes or so. We did the standard introductory small talk with Wendy. Where are you from? And what do you do? And all that. Nothing really interesting. We had dinner and drank plenty of wine. When Liam offered to pay for the whole meal, I made some joke about him being rich thanks to the new promotion. But it turns out he had already turned it down without telling me or Wendy about it. Wendy was pretty upset by that and stormed out. Liam chased after her, I assumed to pull his head out of his ass. Mike was definitely the drunkest of us though, so it took me a few minutes to get us both ready to leave. By the time we got outside, Liam was standing there alone. Wendy had taken a cab by herself. Liam hailed one for us, and we got home around 10 or 10.30 and went to bed. Thanks, Holly. I'll set this aside for now, but we can come back to it later if you think of anything else. What about the crime scene report? There's not a lot to go on. Just like the previous murder, there were no witnesses. And there were no witnesses of the second one last night, either. None. I'm not sure they're connected, though. A male victim doesn't fit the profile for our killer. He hasn't killed his victims in their home, but the wounds and style of attack match. I'm on the fence. Yeah, killer could be trying something new. Or it could be a second killer. Yeah, you don't sound optimistic about either suspicion. I'm not. One option gives us an unpredictable killer, and the other has us facing two psychopaths. I think we need to talk to Claire Davis again. Her statement is kind of vague. Has she had a hard time remembering details? She remembered more the last time we talked to her, but I still think she's holding back. Yeah, all right. Let's pay her another visit then. Liam sits in his car, parked outside his apartment building, unable to move. What am I doing? What am I doing? <sighs> Liam walks into an empty apartment. His coffee mug is still half full. One of Wendy's favorite cardigans hangs from the arm of his couch. Why did it have to be Wendy? I don't know what to do. Liam is flooded with memories. He picks up one of Wendy's sweaters she left at his place. He always kept his apartment a little too cold for her, so she brought this over and left it in his room. He jokingly accused her of trying to move in, one piece of clothing at a time. Hey, Holly. Hey, how are you doing? I can come by if you want, bring some food. You don't need to do that. I know you're busy. Catch this killer, Holly. I will. Trust me, I will. Holly's call lights a fire inside Liam. Maybe he can't work on finding Wendy's killer, but he can still be useful. He sets down Wendy's sweater and with renewed determination heads to Robbie's house. Liam pulls up to Robbie's rundown house and wastes no time, ripping the door open and cutting through the crime scene tape. This place is more of a mess than last time. Liam walks through the taped off areas and past evidence tags. 
Empty fast food bags litter the living room and beer cans, some half empty, others crushed in a meaningless display of stereotypical masculinity. This is different. An attack in his home is personal. Oh my God. The sight of Robbie's blood is too much for him. He immediately thinks of Wendy, the pain she felt, the sick thrill her killer enjoyed. Wendy, you must have been so scared. Why did it have to be her? Why wasn't I there to save her? Liam collects himself. He tries to put everything back in its place before walking through the entire apartment once more to look for clues. It doesn't look like Robbie even put up a fight. Whoever did this was waiting for him and enjoyed waiting for him. This doesn't feel like the copycat. What a surprise. I just wanted to drop by to update you on the case and see how you're doing. I also wanted to introduce Detective Joe Harding. Hello, Claire. I've been brought up to speed. I promise we're doing everything we can to solve this case as quickly as possible. Thanks. What happened to Liam? He's been reassigned. Can we come in? Of course. I'll put on some tea. Go ahead and grab a seat. Thanks. How are you feeling this week? I'm feeling a lot better, actually, both physically and mentally. Even going back to work went well, shitty boss and all. I had to put him in his place when he made a comment about my attack, but it's been uneventful otherwise. And what did he say? Something about how my scar looked and being more careful when walking home. I don't remember exactly, but I definitely remember the look on his face when I told him off. Yeah, sounds like a classy guy. You don't know the half of it. So, what's the news? There was another murder last night. Oh, no. Was it the same kind of attack? Yeah. Her wounds were extremely similar to those of the first victim. I... I don't understand. What happened? I know this is upsetting. I'm sorry to have to tell you this. I'll go grab the tea. Doesn't make sense, Holly. It's been over two weeks since your attack, but this does appear to be connected. This is the third killing in nearly a month's time. Uh, Here you go, Claire. Thanks. Holly. There's more, Claire. There was a second attack last night. The victim was male, attacked at home. We aren't sure if the two are linked at this time, though. It wasn't completely consistent with the other murders. It wasn't? No, the attack wasn't in public. We don't want to upset you with the details. We've already brought you a lot of information to process. I don't mind, really. We'd like to ask you a few more questions about your case, just to clarify some things. Have you been able to remember any additional details about your attacker since the last time we talked? We went over this, Holly. I can't really remember much. It's... It's not exactly an easy thing to think about. I don't think it is, but we wouldn't ask you if it wasn't absolutely necessary. Like I told Holly, he was pale and tall. The knife was short. I think the end of the blade was curved. It wasn't too thick either. And what about him? Did you see his hair? No, I guess it was dark. Could be brown or black. What else? What else? Jesus, I'm reliving the worst night of my life. Don't you think we've asked enough? All right, just one more question, if you don't mind, Claire. Can you remember any other details of the knife? It was about all I could see. Caught the light in this way. His tattoo was juxtaposed against it. 
tattoo. On his finger, looked like a ring. I was focused on the knife though. What did it look like? <clears throat> what did what look like? The ring tattoo. Just like that, a ring, just had some lines. What kind of lines? I have no idea. The male victim from last night had a tattoo, right? It's not relevant though. He, he did? Yes, but he was in jail on the night of your attack. Right, he wouldn't be connected then. Oh, right. I'm sorry if my questioning upset you, Claire. I just want to find whoever did this to you. We both do. We'll be in touch. Call me, okay? We had to push her, Holly. Something tells me she's not as fragile as you think. I guess not. I knew she was holding back. Do you think she knows more? She might. She knew about the tattoo. I'm Adam. And I'm Daniel. We've got a great new show on the Calamity Cast Network. It's called the Black Lodge Complaint Department. And every week, we're going to discuss everyone's favorite show, Twin Peaks. Boo! That sounds terrible, Adam. And I've never seen Twin Peaks. That's the point. Listen along as we go over the entire series from the perspective of a longtime fan. And a person that kind of hates David Lynch. For no good reason. It's going to be great. Yes, it is. So subscribe now to the Black Lodge Complaint Department on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and check us out at CalamityCast.com. Meanwhile, the copycat killer resumes his role as an invisible member of the service industry, taking orders and ferrying drinks to and fro. He's content at work after a busy night out in the world as his true self. One almond milk latte, extra shot. Uh, let me know if you need anything else. Bristol PD has reported two homicides across town last night. While the chief of police may be hesitant to connect the two grisly murders, there are obvious similarities that cannot be denied. I doubt that, but color me intrigued. Both victims were stabbed multiple times, including one to the throat. Although, at the crime scene near Whitechapel, the victim was also missing a kidney. We can only hope that police were able to find the culprit quickly and put an end to this recent spree of killings. He didn't even take the kidney? Well, I guess it's a good start. He just needs a little guidance. They better pay attention to more detail next time, though. Still, I have to admit, it's nice to know I've inspired someone. Excuse me, I think you made this with regular milk instead of almond milk? I specifically requested almond milk. Oh my, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Here, my mistake. Let me take that. Oh man, I could take your spleen while I'm at it. You better not charge me for it either. It's not my fault you didn't do your damn job right the first time. Oh, of course. No charges. The customer is always right. Here you are. Mm, thanks. Idiot. Well, I was hoping to have a quiet night in, but it looks like there's a change of plans. Claire hasn't taken her eyes off of her TV since the detectives left. The news of her kill leaves her breathless. I really did it. I really, I really did it. We reached out to the family of victims for comment, but the only response was from the mother of the male victim whose name we will not disclose. I, I thought he was a killer. I thought he tried to kill me. He wasn't some innocent woman walking home. If I'd been right, that woman wouldn't have died. Claire talks herself to sleep, going over and over the events of that fateful night. I know you're following me! 
Claire starts to run. Although she's scared, she doesn't panic. Two headlights flash across Claire's face and water smacks against her legs. Oh, come on. Shit, I don't need this. Leave me alone. <laughs> no. Look, oh. go ahead, do your worst. Whatever you're gonna try, I'm ready. Oh, are you? <laughs> you have no idea who you're dealing with, do you? Suddenly, images and timelines blur together, and Claire finds herself back in Robbie's apartment in the middle of her terrifying, invigorating act. Who are you? Have you already forgotten? I don't, I don't know you, lady, I swear! Somebody help! Go ahead. Scream. That's fine. No one can hear you. Somebody help! Anybody! Screaming didn't save me, and it won't save you. Jesus Christ! Claire slashes a deep cut across Robbie's throat. Blood pours out of the wound instantly, and she smiles. Now let's see how you like getting stabbed in the stomach. That's more like it. I don't know if I've ever felt this good after a dream. I don't know if I've ever felt this good ever. <laughs> sure forensics found everything. I don't know what I thought I would find. The killer had to get in somehow. Liam pours over every inch of the front doorway. Looking at the ground outside the door, a thought occurs to him. Killer must have parked somewhere close. No train stations nearby. An attack at home shows confidence, ego. I bet they would have walked right up the driveway. Huh, what's this? Liam picks up a small, dark blue earring. It's clean, so it hasn't been here long. Based on what I know about Robbie's charm, I doubt it belongs to any romantic interest of his. Maybe forensics can pull a partial print off it. Neville here. Sir, it's Morris. I went to Robbie Banks' home to take a look at the scene. You did what? I found an earring at the scene and bagged it. Hopefully... Morris! This is highly inappropriate. My office, immediately. Sir, this is huge. Now, Morris. Shit. He spots a reporter across the street, taking some notes, staring at him. They make eye contact for a split second as he heads to his car, then books it to the precinct. Liam gets to the station and heads straight to Neville's office. Knowing full well he may be yelled at, he steals himself. I'll just go in and lead with the evidence I found. It's too good. Come in. Hello, sir. Sit down, Morris. If any other detective pulled what you did, I'd suspend them in a heartbeat. But you're already on leave. You just earned yourself the bank's case. What? You found something more substantial than the other detectives assigned to it. You should be taking the time off, but I need you. This is too high profile now. We might have two killers. What about Wendy? Absolutely not. You can work the bank's case, and that's it. If I hear one word about you on the copycat case, you will be suspended. Without pay. You cannot work on a case you have a personal connection to. Grant and Harding can handle it. Keep me updated as you get any leads. 
Dismissed. Liam, what are you doing in Neville's office? It's not like you can turn down another promotion and not tell your partner of four and a half years. Come on, Holly, that's not fair. It's not? Okay, maybe it's fair, but I have some good news. I went to Robbie's house and found some evidence. Damn it, Liam, how long are you suspended? I'm working the bank's case now. What? How? Check this out. An earring? You think a woman killed Robbie Banks? Something makes me think the Banks and copycat killings are connected. I don't know how yet, but the two killings are so similar. Could it be someone connected to the copycat's victims? What makes you say that? Claire mentioned that her attacker had a tattoo on his hand that looked like a ring. A clotter ring? She didn't say. She was pretty cagey during Joe's questioning. Holly, what if Claire is connected to Robbie's murder? That doesn't make any sense, Liam. The circles those two run in aren't anywhere near each other. You and I both know that's circumstantial at best. But if they are connected, that means whoever killed Wendy- Liam! You're stressed out. You're dealing with a lot of grief. When was the last time you got any sleep? I... Honestly, I'm, I'm fine. An hour here, two hours there. I'm good, Holly. Listen, I'm just saying... Go home, Liam. You won't be useful to anyone if Neville hears you're trying to involve yourself in Wendy's case. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I'll, um... I'll see you later. Get some rest, Liam. Will Jack, the gym-loving male nurse hottie, manage to win the heart of the spunky blue-haired web designer Maggie? Join us every other week to discover if this unlikely pair will have their happily ever after or fizzle out in the end. Love and Lust Season 1 is available for your listening enjoyment now at calamitycast.com or anywhere you find podcasts. Claire restlessly flips through the channels, but nothing holds her attention. Her mind wanders from her dreams and memories of Robbie to reality and back again. Something is tugging at her mind just under the surface when a knock pulls her back to the real world. Who is it now? Coming! Oh, it's just you. Well, hello to you too, I guess. Can I come in? Yeah, of course. What are you watching? Nothing, really. I was just killing time before the news. I'm grabbing a beer. Want one? No, thanks. Well, okay, good, because this is the last one. You seem like you're feeling better. I've been really worried. I know it's frustrating that they still haven't found who did this to you. I actually haven't been thinking about that too much lately. I didn't mean to upset you by bringing it up. I was just... You didn't. Not at all. I'm good. Can we not watch the news, please? It's so depressing. Just for a minute. Fine, but if it gets sad, we're turning on reruns of something funny. The police are no closer to catching the killer that has been on the loose the past month. Yesterday marked the first time multiple victims were killed on the same night, causing many in the community to worry. The police are keeping details of the case quiet as they work to identify suspects. However, there may be a reason to suspect the killer is actually a woman. What? One of our staff reporters saw the police bagging up what looked like an earring at the crime scene today. If the police don't move quickly, could this killer strike again? Will this Jane the Ripper be caught before it's too late? They gave her a nickname. Claire, can we change the channel? Jane the Ripper. I like it. Claire, 
The channel? Oh, sorry. Sure. What do you mean you like it? It's catchy. For a murderer. Doesn't mean it isn't a good name. That's what the news is supposed to do, right? Sell the story? I guess. But you sounded excited about it. Do you really think I'm excited about some killer? After what nearly happened to me? That I would want to hear about all these awful things? I can't help but think about them, even if I am doing better. I'm sorry, sis. I wasn't trying to judge. The two sisters sit in silence, watching TV for a few hours. Claire doesn't mind the company, but she doesn't pay attention to the TV at all. She just keeps thinking about her new name and about Robbie's blood. Liam heads back to his apartment, becoming more and more aware of just how physically and mentally exhausted he is. Time has been a blur in the wake of Wendy's death. He makes his way to the bedroom and kicks his shoes off. He's out before his head even hits the pillow, but his dreams are far from peaceful. I just want to spend as much time together as we can. We don't know how much time we've been given, Liam. What if it'd been me? I'll never let anything happen to you. Promise? Wendy, I'm so sorry. I just wanted to say that I love you. It's not bad having your own bodyguard. You lied to me, Liam. That's not good enough, Liam. Because I love you. Don't! Don't you dare! You should stay at your own place tonight. Fine. Fuck you two, then. Please. Please don't. Please. Please, I'll do whatever you want. Help! Somebody help! Liam! Liam! No, Wendy, I'll save you. Uh, no, please! Please don't hurt me! Wendy? Wendy! Wendy, I'm here. You're gonna be okay. We're gonna get you out of here. Uh, Liam? Why didn't you save me? Wendy? Wendy? No! Wendy! I should have been there to protect you! I swear, I'm going to find whoever did this. They're going to pay for what they've done. Good morning, Holly. Ooh, looks like everyone here is still on edge. Well, between the media fueling speculation and the possibility that we have two vicious murderers on the loose, can't say I blame them. We need to go back to Claire. I can't think of a good reason she'd withhold the tattoo from us. When I asked her about the knife, felt to me like she was almost daydreaming about it. I think we've pushed her as far as we can for now. If we go back to her, we risk her shutting down completely. I was thinking about a different angle. I'm going to give her sister a call. Hey, Holly, what's up? Hey, Abby. Just wanted to check in and see how you and Claire are doing. I'm all right. I've been keeping busy with the lab, which helps. And I think Claire's doing a little better. She's not quite back to being her normal self yet, but that's to be expected, right? Absolutely. She's been through so much. Like, it's it's okay that she's maybe not reacting to things normally. What kind of things? News about the murders. It wouldn't be unusual. How's she reacting? She seemed excited. I don't know, maybe not excited exactly, but she wasn't sad or scared or anything like that. Everyone copes in their own way, but showing excitement towards the kinds of events that are similar to her trauma would be unexpected. I just want Claire to be okay after all of this, Holly. Find this guy. Please find him. Did I hear you right? 
Claire's excited by these other murders? I wouldn't read too much into it. Survivors of traumatic near-death situations sometimes develop feelings of invincibility and will even engage in thrill-seeking behavior to that effect. Claire being excited falls on that spectrum, in my opinion. Hmm, you've known Claire since before the attack, right? You two were pretty close. Careful, Joe. I'm not sure I like what you're implying. I can be objective. I agree that she was playing it close to the vest during our last visit, but that could be for any number of reasons. I didn't mean to offend you, Holly, but it's a sticky situation. You can't deny that. I just wanted to make sure our eyes are on the prize. That's all. So, what's our next step then? I don't know, but we'd better figure it out. Whether we have two killers to hunt down or one that's escalating, something tells me that we don't have a lot of time before they kill again. This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit calamitycast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Calamity Cast.